What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brothers Podcast. Give a round of applause for yourselves. Because in a world full of hate, who's going to do it for you? I'm your host, Dante Chase Bridges, a.k.a. Dante Chase Bridges, along with my co-host, man, go on state your name. Steven, City P. Watson, you know how I be. And together, that would make up. The Brothers. You goddamn right. Yeah. Tonight, we got an interesting topic, mm-hmm. serious a lot of people that been through it. Yeah. A lot of people that's looking right now that been through it. Yeah. So I want y'all to tune in. I want y'all to get a lot of information, man. Yeah. We got facts. We got factual opinions. We got everything, man, from all walks of life, from all dynamics. Mm-hmm. But before we do any of that, we got to get into a little bit of something we call Town Hall Business. City P, what's up, man? As always, shout out our affiliates over here on the Brothers Hub. <laughs> shout out to uh, our good young Milan. Ryan Watkins from At My Mama's Table just dropped a new episode, I believe, yesterday. Yes, Be yes. sure to check out for that. Also, check out whenever he decides to drop a new episode. I bought Reggie Price, or <laughs> I could be wrong, but I doubt it. Um, he's had some dental issues, so he has to take care of that first. That's why he's, he's, he's pulling the Kanye West on us right he now. He ain't got no teeth, my well, nigga. At this point, this is... he doesn't have any teeth. So, <laughs> or operating teeth at the time, but he's working on that. Um, also, shout out our always, he's no longer here because he's always our residential DJ, JMC. Always shout out, he's out there doing his thing right now. And of course, shout out to everyone that tunes in every single week. We appreciate y'all. We like that y'all viewed us. We hope you got some worthwhile information out of us. We hope you were entertained as well. We appreciate y'all. Thank you very much. Who do I got? Shout got? out to all our affiliates, man. Shout out to WIAN Radio in Memphis, Tennessee. <clears throat> Memphis, Tennessee, where we syndicated. Shout out to iHeartRadio. Shout out to Scene Chicago, where I had some important news, but I'm not going to tell you right now. Shout out to UBM Station. And shout out to every search engine that you can tune into the brothers with. Like I said, and I'm going to say it one more time, we ain't nothing but a Google away, people. So if you like what we're doing, go and hit that like button. If you love it, go on share it. But if you're really feeling it, go on tell your mama, your cousin, and all them over there, Mike. Oh, one more thing. Shout out again to our young blind, Ryan Watkins, who got picked up by Iron Radio, oh, too. Oh, yeah, I saw that, man. Yeah, so congratulations to Ryan, young Ryan. So you can catch At My Mama's Table on iHeartRadio. Radio. Along with us. Love brothers. Exactly. Yes, man. Uh, yes. So you got anybody else you want to talk about, Mike? Uh that's pretty much also you know what? Shout out to a good friend of ours, a good friend of the show, Miss Sky Miller. What's right. up, Sky? She's actually I was supposed to be supposed to shout out the last of them. She had suffered a loss in her family. Oh, yeah. uh, her grandmother passed away and we wish her I also as part of the brothers wish our condolences to you. Yes, we yes. hope you had to see you soon in the show as well, huh? And we also want to shout out a good friend of mine, Miss Jennifer Williams of I Am Trying. Jennifer, who has been having quite a bit of a rough time right now with Golden State and everything that's <laughs> going on with her. Uh, if you follow her Twitter account, she's just going at it with everybody. We saw her. Should have got McCullough's number. I don't, I don't sorry. <laughs> um, sorry, Jennifer. Hope to have you on the show soon too. She was actually mm-hmm. supposed to be on the show too. I'll tell you a little tidbit. She was. We almost had her on the show. Uh-huh. She was almost on the show until she got called up by ESPN to go to NBA Countdown in Oracle. We kind of like one tier below them, so man. We're way on two, but we know you know it's, it's ESPN. all right. Yeah. All right. We got that. 
But uh, that's all my shout outs. All right, man. If that's all your shout outs, man, do we have something that we call what's going on? Yes, we do. Since we are on the subject of what happens in Golden State, there's this really big argument about what has happened with Kevin Durant. Now, if you don't know what you call basketball, this Monday, game five happened. Kevin Durant, who was injured for about a month throughout this playoffs with the calf strain or the Achilles strain, whichever one they choose to throw the story out with us. So apparently, during game five, around second quarter, early in the second quarter, he completely blew out and ruptured his Achilles. So did. To the point where now he's no longer playing. Not only is he not playing for the rest of his playoffs, he's going to be out for another full year. Oh, mama mia. Yeah. Right all up in here, man. But the argument has now come up for throughout social media is about whether or not the Warriors did him justice by allowing him to play. Now, remember, there was a story going into whether or not he was even 100% ready before that playoffs even began. There was also stories about whether or not the team was frustrated with this current progress, rehab. There was a lot of people who were apparently upset also with the fact that he even got on the floor and played knowing he wasn't fully 100%. Mm-hmm. So the question is, is now is whether or not it was his decision to do it. Did he get goaded? You know how that go, man. Yeah. You know how that go. You know that even though it's his decision... They gonna push him. The team probably push him. Hey man, you good, man? Because you know, equal dollar. You know, he didn't strain something, man. So we need. It's always that level of talk. That's the problem. People don't understand that level of talk exists. Your hamstring? Oh man, my hamstring hurt, man. But we need you out there, bro. And you know, he got to the point where he was like, "Listen, man, if I don't show them that I'm down for this team, they gonna start writing all this criticism." And you know how they say that Kevin Durant is the most sensitive player in the NBA. And that's the last thing he wanted, man. Well, I've always looked at Kevin Durant throughout the years as a bit of a mental midget. <laughs> Even though he's 6'11". Yeah, Whoop your ass! The, ironic, <laughs> the irony of that is that he's so tall, but he's always a mental midget. What I mean by that is, is that he's always had what people have said out there influence his decision-makers or influence his words. So, it feels like he couldn't you know, maybe the pressure finally got to him. And he said, all right, fine, I'm going to play. And then he risked it all. Yeah. And I've got to make you one. And I've been arguing with people about this online all week long about why couldn't they just let him sit? Does mm-hmm. he really have to sit? Do you feel like he really had to sit? Should he have played? He shouldn't have played this year. You don't think he should have played this shouldn't year? shouldn't have played this year. Can you just elaborate a little bit? Because everybody knew that he tore his Achilles. Like, I don't know if there's one person that did not know that he tore his Achilles except the doctors in Golden State. Mm-hmm. Everybody who ever had an Achilles tear know what happened. You run and all of a sudden pop, and you think somebody done whooped your ass in the Achilles tendon. You're going to look back like, hey, did somebody step on me? Did something happen to me? Did, did somebody hit me? And that's exactly what he did. I would pardon me a little bit because... I'm going to be real. I don't want to say nothing about this, about this. But you oh, actually yeah. have experience with this because you've been in that position. I popped my Achilles <coughs> and that. I, bop, and so you, you know. Yeah. So you know how that shit feels. And you Basically, know how that builds up. Everybody knows. Like, if you played some type of sports in your life and if you had some type of Achilles tear, we all know what it looked like when that Achilles pops a little bit. Yeah. And Kevin Durant had that right. It was right there. That right. looking back like, who hit me? They didn't even show the slow person. motion of the day actually snapping while he went to plant his leg. Bro, I was on LA. I was at LA Fitness and my Achilles snapped. 
And I look back like, oh man, who hit me? Ah, oh, damn it. Ain't nobody around. <laughs> that's, that's exactly oh, kind of what happened with KD. <laughs> Guess there's nobody happened around. And nothing, and nothing happened with him. Yeah. But the thing, like, other than, you know, you ruptured your Achilles. And also, and people are pissed about me when I brought this comparison up, is that we know this because of what we experienced with Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But let's go ahead and move on, shall we? Um, did you hear about what's going on with our new mayor of Chicago? What's popping with her? Apparently, remember that whole story about what she said she wasn't going to raise taxes? She bullshitting now. So guess what she's about to do right now? What's she going to do right now? She's about to start raising some taxes. Elaborate on it. Apparently, there's going on right now is that there's a story about the whole... They're not really saying it, but the reason why the taxes are being raised up to pay off all these police settlement deals that they're making with civilians out there. So the only way they can really try they're to They're making do deals? Yeah. I got to get my ass whooped. Yeah, you got your ass whooped. I got to get my ass Because apparently the only way you can do that is to kind of raise the taxes up. That's why you get a gas type tax. Yeah. I got to try and start this nonprofit, man. I need to go and get, yeah. get hit, shot, something. Like, you know... There's a 25 cent guaranteed gas site coming up, right? Yeah, but so, if, yeah. if they paying out for getting that ass whooped. Yeah, man, you know what? But it's coming out of my pocket, though. I don't give a shit. I can go on. Taxpayer money. You know what? Nonprofit lawn care service. I don't even want to talk about it. You know what? Let's just go right into it. I mean, whatever, man. You all. Who are you? You you doing? Trying to get this real estate pop. Okay. That's all I got, because you know, you just kind of just didn't help me out on this. You're not helping me out on this one at all. Whatever, bro. Now, listen, people, we actually got a very important topic coming up. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about what happens when you grow up in a dysfunctional black family. And not just the kids, but when you become an adult, Mm -hmm. what happens to you? Is there long term effects on you? Mm -hmm. Do you see your parents as being enablers? Do you see your parents as being abusive? Do you even see your parents as not giving you the tools that you needed in order to be productive when you became older? Mm-hmm. We've all been through it. So tonight, we are going to break this down, okay? Yeah. So, this is what I want to do. I want to shoot it to my man, City P, okay? Yeah. Now... We know that the black families are in a state of flux. You know, you got the economy that's messed up. It's always messed up. But I want you to personally tell me, what do you feel is the current state of the union with this black family thing? Well, let's be realistic about this. The current state of the black family is in complete disarray. Mm -hmm. How much in disarray? Well, do you know that 70% right now, 70% 70% of black fa- of black families are being ra- are black people are mm-hmm. raised in single parent households. Most of these single parent households are consisting of a mother. Right. It's a single mother. Where the fathers, they either are not involved in the relationship, they either are incarcerated, mm-hmm. dead, right, or whatever else that may be. But as we know, there's the majority of single families out there being raised by black women. What's the root cause of all this being dead in prison, not being there, as far as that father being well, one a of the, black family? Well, one of the biggest things has to deal with right now is the poverty situation. 
One of the big things, the poverty situation, there's simply not enough employment, there's not simply enough money flowing through the black community to sustain a black family where two adults can raise a child together. And this is where it comes to times where even sometimes single mothers have to depend on the welfare system, Mm -hmm. the government, the judicial system to kind of get that type of support. Well, let me give you a little pushback on that, though. Okay. Because you know that the black community has a trillion dollar spending power. So... If we got trillion dollars to spend on Jordans, on cars, on whatever we want to just trick off, mm-hmm. then why aren't we pooling the resources back into the black family? Like, do we have a hiccup in our brain or something? It's not we do because do we're, we're supposed to. because we have a culture built on the idea of excess. We like expensive things. We like expensive habits. Mm -hmm. We like expensive lifestyles. We like to have what we never had when we were growing up. Because we have been growing up in a culture where we haven't had a lot of things. So as you get as an adult, you want to be able to have everything you want or everything you can afford. That you want. Damn it. Anything you want or anything you can afford, whether it be... Your expensive shoes, your expensive car, your expensive whatever, so on and so forth. But the problem is with that is that we have a tendency to not live within our means. And when we can't live within our means, we can't provide for ourselves at times when we need simple things like food, electricity, water, a, a shelter over our head. Clothes on our back, decent clothes on our back, being able to take care of our own. We can't be doing that because we tend to always try to find a way to live a life of excess. And that's because we have no discipline. But wouldn't you say that's an overall human problem? Like, if you got a family, if whether you black, white, Puerto Rican, Chinese, or, or whatever you may be, don't we all go through those same type of problems? No, because the most of these, all those ethnicities that you've noticed always find a way to put money back into their own communities. But why can't we? Because we are not, we have always been put violence of a system that has not allowed us to do so. Oh, okay. That, okay. So, because at this point, I want you to speak on that. Because, speak on that. Right now, our system is designed, basically, as black folks, we're more so dependent on a system that is not designed for us. Mm -hmm. Not to govern by us, not to make a habit of spending or investment for us. It's not designed that way. We tend to always have to give our money to a third party that doesn't give it back to us, and then we're staying it up. Like right now, as black folks, we are about what? Say roughly a good couple of million in debt right now. You okay, let's talk about this. The average black person, from what I've read, can be up to twenty, thirty thousand dollars in debt on an average. On an average. That means right now, you and I, can mean the two of us, can be around forty dollars to $50,000 in debt right now. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Well, the average black family uh, in America is $40,000 in debt. Mm-hmm. The average net worth of the entire family, when you separate the car, is only $1,500. So, basically, that means, as a whole, in the United States, the black family is literally upside down with the amount of money they have. They're literally negative $39,000 in debt when you factor in all the assets that they got. Mm -hmm. And we're constantly always living to try to catch up to getting ourselves out of that debt. But that's taking a longer time than we thought it was going to be. Well, let's go a little bit more deeper in that because even though we're giving the number and the statistics, you know, because like they say, uh, 97% of the wealth is in the hands of Caucasians. Only mm-hmm. 2.6% of African Americans got the wealth in the United States. And out of those 2.6% of black people, 70% of those are baby boomers. So that's your mama if she's 50s and her 60s. 
and not you. And that's Puffy, Oprah, all of them. Mm-hmm. 2.6%. We already know all the statistics. But this is what I want to know, man. We understand the current state of the black family. Yeah. But there got to be some type of insidious underlying issue that's causing a black person that doesn't have any money to create a bad environment for these children that be raised into adults that repeat the same bad habits over and over again and keep the cycle going where nobody is getting the help that they need as far as, hey, I'm a black man. I need you to help me to see how to make money out in this world. Mm -hmm. We keep on repeating that process, man. So I'm literally trying to figure out, just on an interpersonal level, we already talked about the money. Who, if it's one or both, who parents are responsible, mom or father, for creating this dynamic in the black household? Is it really fair to kind of, in this situation, to kind of pick one or the other? Oh, you got damn right. It's... <laughs> just Tony Baker that moment I, right I now. Did. I don't know if it's really right because, in essence, can we say okay? Are we more personally derived in the black household by being raised by a single black mother? Yeah. Okay. We can admit that we are seventy, like I said, seventy percent of the single black families that raised our single black mothers. So you and I were raised by single black moms. Right. Um, to an extent. Yeah, they contribute to the majority of our upbringing. They contribute to the majority of our reasons why we have certain struggles with things like financial status, mm-hmm. uh, personal interactions with people. We just no balance because there's been no balance. The father figure presence has been thrown off balance, right? Because we don't have a stable father figure in our lives. Neither one of us even had it. Mm-hmm. We could attest for that. We've never had it. We tend to see have a little bit of struggle of interacting even with people with the opposite sex at times to certain magnitudes. All right. Let's we're not gonna toot our own horns here. We've we've had our fair share of success. We've had in that department in that department we've had our fair share of success. But there are some moments and some instances where we wish we did. There have been complications, like our ability to open up. Mm-hmm. I say our ability to in, to conversate, to politic, to be able to um, engage with the opposite sex about our personal feelings. Yeah, because we've been raised in a household where it's almost like we can't even do that because we we're afraid of mockery. We're afraid of chastising, criticism, right. and most importantly, we're afraid that to tell a parent or parental figure in our household is not going to stay between you and them. Now, I'll tell you one reason why I, I feel that that's right on point. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it all has to do with what you kind of said. You talked about the imbalance inside the household. Mm-hmm. You got the masculine and you got the feminine. And... You know, it's no surprise and it's no secret that the masculinity inside of the household is gone for the most part. Mm -hmm. And even if the masculinity is inside of the household, because how society works, the feminine has been given the resources, whether it be the um, 
social security, whether it be WIC, whether it be EBT, or whether it be something as far as women's privilege in order to call another masculine force, a.k.a. the justice system, in order to neuter the masculine force in the house. Mm-hmm. That does happen. So you have a lot working against that black man. Now, what I, like my, uh, one of my favorite comedians would say, uh, before your father left because your mama ran him away and he didn't give you the game, what's going on in a black household is there is a major imbalance in the amount of femininity inside of black boys that grow up to be black men. A lot of times we use this buzzword toxic masculinity. And I've always said this. I said once and I'm going to say it again. Toxic masculinity is not toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity is actually toxic femininity inside of a man. Because what you're seeing when you think you're seeing a man that's always got bravado, running up and down, shooting, can't control his emotions, that's not masculinity. Mm -hmm. Masculinity is about control. Masculinity is about being able to hold your own. Masculinity is about being wise enough to understand what the repercussions is if you do an action like take somebody's life or do something emotional like threaten your woman or make her feel unsafe. That's... That's not masculinity, people. That's femininity. And if we talk about the black mother being the primary caretaker of the black household, then we're talking about a being putting a lot of feminine characteristics inside of their black boys. And what happens then? The black boys grow up emotional, grow up not being able to control their emotions, not because something is wrong with them, but you mimic what you're around. So if I'm around my grandmother and my mother and I'm not able to understand my emotions, I'm just able to imitate them, I'm going to act in this toxic femininity as a man. What does that do? When I go out into the world and I try to get me a girl and that girl's been raised damn near like a man because she's been told at 16, you got to get out on your own. Mm. Ain't nobody going to make it for you. So you got the reverse roles, a toxic masculine woman and a toxic feminine man trying to come together and make a family. And you think that that's going to help? You think that's going to work at that point? Two people on opposite sides of the polar spectrum of femininity and masculinity coming together? So at some point, we just going to have to call it like it is. The government created this system that fucked up the black family. When they fucked up the black family, they fucked up the energy of feminine going into these black boys, which created a trickle effect of them creating fucked up families that created fucked up families that created I, fucked up families. I got a question, though, because you said we just said about 70 percent of the black families are raised by single black mothers. Right. Then you just said that there's a lot of toxic masculinity inside the women now in our generation. But where does that masculinity come from when it's only single black mothers running? Because what happens is the mother has to have two roles. She has to have the role of the female, mm-hmm. which she naturally is, but she has to have the role of the authoritarian. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Also, if you're a woman, you know that when a daughter and a mother is together, there is some type of unspoken competition that happened between them two. And just like it can't be two men in a household, when you get too old, your father is kind of subconsciously pushing you out. Mm-hmm. A lot of times there can't be two head alpha women inside of a household. The mother naturally tries to push that daughter out. And it happens all the time. It could be over stuff like jealousy. 
Maybe, you know, you got a 16, 17-year-old girl that then got her boobies done popped in, her booty done popped in. And maybe the mother has a new boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And the boyfriend is looking at the daughter like she's a grown man. And that mama don't want nothing to do with that. That was kind of uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable, but this is something that happens every single day. And so there's a bit of a competition that happens with mothers and daughters. And I believe that mothers subconsciously push their daughters away Mm -hmm. and they subconsciously push their sons in Mm -hmm. to represent that husband, that boyfriend that they did never have. You subliminally hear that when you hear women say, yes, my young king right there. Yes, my young king. He's my king. He's he's my pride and joy. It's also so with kind of like unconscious behaviors like my kids get the first plate. My kids come first. Well, in the divine setup of the rules, the man will actually come first as far as who gets served first. Because when that man is served first, he has the healthy, he has the nutrition to protect the woman and protect the children. If the children are the ones served first, then the man has nothing in order to protect you and your children. So even our divine uh, perspective is out of order. Well, they also said that in arguments with women you see on the line, it's like, well, he's a grown man. He can get his own plate. He's he a grown his man. Own he can get his own plate. And yeah. that's, that's what I'm saying. You got a black woman that was raised in an imbalanced energy. In, I'll say it like this. Imbalanced energetic society. Mm-hmm. Imbalanced energetic family that believe that the man is supposed to fend for himself while she specifically only focuses on the kids, which causes shit like he can get his own plate. I ain't got to baby him. I'm not his mama. Y'all done said that a couple of times, ain't you? Mm. But what you don't understand, when you're in your divine feminine role, you are the nurturer. Not only to the kids, you're the nurturer to that man. Because if you have a man that has to hold his emotions in order to combat and protect you from the outside world, then that man is lacking nurture. So he's Mm going to need it from you. He's not getting it from his mother if you are the number one woman in his life. So he's going to need that nurture from you. So if you're going to cut him off by the feet and the legs and not give him what he needs, I'll say it like this. There's more than one way to kick a man out of the house. You don't have to tell him to get out, but you can make it unbearable and make it unconsciously tension. uh, It's so much tension that the man says, well, I am not wanted in the first place, so maybe I should leave. And the worst thing that you can do for a man is make him feel unwanted. And I believe because they've been taught to have this masculine characteristic from their mothers, they subconsciously and unconsciously make the man feel unwanted. But we have to do a little pushback on him because at some point, being in a single black household with a black mother, they kind of don't really have... Okay, well, mostly single black single black families, they have no really that much of a choice because they have to take on this dominating role. So, because a mother has to take on this dominating role being both the mother and the father... It's almost like if they're not. How can we expect them to prepare for a role that they're not biologically equipped? I say to do because let's not. I don't want to sit here and say that it's always mm-hmm. the but a woman's fault. Some but not all. Some not all. Some. We don't speak in generalizations here, people. We have to be very specific. It's more so. 
We know there's a, okay. There's a lot of ain't shit niggas out there. Right. We know. We know there's a lot of hit and quitted ass motherfuckers out there. Okay. There's a lot of dudes that don't want that shell that shake off their responsibility. We understand. We know. We're perfectly aware of that. We know that we have to start holding our men accountable. Then we have a whole campaign yesterday about how black men don't cheat. That's all part of holding accountability. People don't understand. What you about to say? Did, see, this is my only thing about that. I believe that when we hold black men accountable, we do this thing where we poo-poo the fact that they've been raised. Like we keep saying, if you saying that 70% of the families mm-hmm. is raised by black women, that meant that 70%, that's more than one half. Mm-hmm. That's damn near three out of one family. That's that's the whole block. Yeah. If they're being raised by black women or the black mother and the black grandma, kind of like how I was raised, then at some point you have to be accountable of the environment that you set as a mother and a grandmother for your children. If it's the black man or the black girl being your children. So what we tend to do is we act like this person that became an ancient nigga mm-hmm. or ancient girl mm-hmm. was raised by herself in the woods and did not mimic whether it be seeing it with her own eyes, seeing how her mother may have handled men in her her life, or just energetically feeling her mother's problems. Because you come from your mother, so you're going to inherit her genetic disposition, and a lot of that could be betrayal, unfaithfulness. And you're going to pass that on. If you're in a situation where you see this all the time, I'm going to say you are do have the right to bear the responsibility to say that mama didn't fuck me up a little bit. Mama did not made it so that I had a, a vision of what I'm supposed to really be doing out in this world. Mama didn't create a stable environment so I know what I was supposed to do so I couldn't repeat her steps again. Well, there is a story about one person that you know, a story there's the balance of the families emotionally and functionally. A mother's supposed to teach you emotionally and a father's supposed to teach you functionally. You can't count on one person to do both. Right. So technically, a mother can only teach you a lot of things emotionally. Functionally, there's a father in there and the father isn't there. How are they going to teach that? I'm going to say it like this. and I I hate to cut you off. I just really want to say this. I believe that as black people, I don't like saying that word because we're not black. That's a crayon. But just so y'all understand, as black people, this is not the way that our society is really set up. It's never been set up like this. The matriarch, the mom, the mother is the head of the household. Did y'all know that? In in the in the indigenous aboriginal black family, mm-hmm. the mother is the head of the household. A lot of times we don't know why we so fucked up because we don't know what a good template looked like. Okay? So, it's not necessarily that it's too many women in the household, but like I said, it's no divine balance anymore. Okay? The woman is supposed to be the peace creator in the house but the man is supposed to be the peace keeper of the house and once you take away that presence you create an imbalance and you can't come back from that so what i believe is i believe we need to get back to our ancestral ways of doing things the matriarch is the head of the house and the father is the one that protects everything around the house Okay, and once you start to do that, you can start to teach your black boys. Wait a minute. I have a defined role. Now I know what to strive for, because most of these boys out here just looking at TV, trying to figure out what the hell they're doing. 
And TV is only to program your mind to do what they want. Buy their clothes. Buy their cars. Watch my Netflix. So we need to define the actual Netflix role. Netflix is expensive. Netflix, it's, okay. it's, 12, going it's, it's going up. It's up to $12.99, I think, right now. Netflix ain't cheap. In order to help our black boys and our black girls, we need to define the actual role that the black boy and the black mother is supposed to impart in that boy. And this is the thing. Even though it seems like the black woman is left alone in the house, she didn't create that baby alone. Okay, right. we know that, but we always end the question. We always end it right there. She didn't create the baby alone. But science is evolving that they can just start doing. Okay, that's not the point. What but what I'm saying, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, if she didn't ever create that baby alone, and there is a father, what happened? But oh, uh, okay. I hope y'all can hear us, man, because you know we we yeah, we, we get getting it. down deep, man. What created the problem? That caused the mother and the father not to be together. Mm-hmm. We never know that. Like, I'm a, I'm a keep it a hundred. I hope none of my family watching. <laughs> yeah, they are. I was 26 before I found out the real reason mm-hmm. why my father wasn't in my life. Okay? Wow. The real reason why my father wasn't in my life. I had always subconsciously, you know, kind of, she drew darts saying, you know, well, your father did this, your father did that. Until I became a man and went through my own situations and was able to reach out to my father, I started to realize what actually happened. And I'm going to be honest with you. If I was in that type of environment that my father was in, if I was dealing with the type of, of shit that my father was dealing with as a logical man trying to keep his insanity, I mean his mentality and not go insane, I would have left too. But your parents are not telling you that whole story. Especially the mom. The mom is only glorifying herself that trickles down in the Mother's Day and half y'all don't even know Father's Day is uh, goddamn what, Sunday? Sunday. (laughs) And she's only glorifying only one side of herself. So why don't you start telling the truth about your role as the mother that you played in it? And why don't the father tell the truth about his role that he played? If he's around. If he's around. And why don't we start to figure out why are these black men not around? Because it can't just be we ain't shit. Because there's a reason why that, and that's something that I wanted to expand on a little bit myself. Or for this show, for the sake of the show. And that is to understand exactly mentally what that does. Because growing up in a black household, you're always met with a situation where you feel like you want to kind of like bear your soul a little bit. Get some things off your chest. Talk to somebody. You think the one person you think you can talk to or the couple people you could talk to anything are your parents mm-hmm. or the people who are raising you, or the adults that are raising you in your household. Growing up in that black family is not really the case because even if something is so private, so embarrassing, you just kind of want to discuss and hope that you can make it the situation, it can't be held exclusively. Mm-hmm. Because we're in a situation now in the black household where even as, I'll take for instance, it was something that happened a while back with, uh, I think me and then school, I think something happened. I can't remember what school was. And I told my mother, you know, you had to tell your mother, and it was kind of like I wanted to tell her, you know, be private. Right. I come around, and then half the church and found out about it because my mother went ahead and had a conversation about people about it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, 
And another thing, like my mother also taught my younger brother, who was DJ JMC, taught my brother that no matter what, growing up in the household, because me and my brother have separate fathers. Right. Um, she taught always taught my brother from a young age that no matter what happens, no matter what it's done, tell me everything and tell me the truth. Right. And I was young and I expected that that my mother is always trying to do, you know, be the overprotective mother as she always is, and she is. Okay. But the question I've always asked, I started to grow to ask myself, why did you ask him to do that? Without really be knowing the answer, I told him as he got older, I told him, so you remember back in the day when mama used to tell you, no matter what it is, no matter what it was, tell her everything? Mm-hmm. I told him, when you get older, you're going to learn that's a complete load of bullshit. <laughs> Because Speak you're on. not Speak going on. to be able to tell your mother everything because there's not enough answers she can going to give you because she's not going to have them all the answers for you. And matter of fact, if you do tell her something, chances are half the family is going to find out know about it. That's that's because that's something that always happens in the black family. And you know what that what you're saying? You're saying that. This black family that we're talking about, there's a lack of trust in this black family. And that's a damaging thing because if you don't have that level of trust, then who can you depend on? Now you have to force yourself into a being a reclusive. You have to start bottling and packaging those emotions in, holding them them, starting to become more depressed. You go through life more stressed. More you suppressed. go through life more depressed. You have to turn to certain outlets like alcohol or smoking or drug addiction to pass the pain, the emotional pain, because you can't get out your feelings. You can't tell a random stranger because they can't do nothing to help you about it. You can't tell your parents because maybe you want to keep it private. The whole world's going to end up finding out and messing around with them. Mm-hmm. You can't keep nothing. You can't keep anything. You can't tell anybody anything except to keep it to yourself. I got a question for What's you, up? bro. What happens to black boys when they are raised by dominant, and I mean dominant, black women? Wait a minute. Before I say that, I said dominant women, so that gave you an indication that, okay, well, she's dominant. But I'm going to put it in the way that everybody try to glorify it. What happens when black boys are raised by strong black women? They are taught to always be some, and truth be told, be submissive to strong black women. Did you hear what he said? Now, that is a part of what's wrong. Black men that become men can't stand up because this strong, independent black mother facade that y'all having, that y'all talk about, that y'all act like it's just the truth. It literally pacifies and makes that black boy into a submissive bitch. If he's not submissive, he becomes on the other end very rebellious, where he doesn't want anything to do with the black woman. Okay? Mm -hmm. This is true. And I saw a status a couple of days ago that said half of y'all was raised by single black mothers, but y'all don't have any respect for them. And I wanted to comment, okay, well... Half of us was raised by single black mothers, but you saying we don't have no respect for black women now, and you you don't you don't see that you're answering your question. Right. You're answering your question within the question. Because inside of being raised by it, and I'm not saying that they're all bad, and I'm not even saying that the ones that do bad things are all bad too. 
But being raised by them, you don't see that we have dysfunctional tendencies as men. I know I've been in relationships, and I hate to say it, that the woman has pointed out, you have a dysfunction because of the way that you was raised by your mother. You, something is off about you. And this is something that I deal with because I was raised by a strong, independent black woman, which the way that she rules, and this is in a lot of households. I don't know if you was a, a part of that type of thing, raised by the strong, independent oh, black yeah, woman. Oh, yeah, definitely. What happens is they have to put on the masculine role, which literally they submit their black boys to the point where they become docile. They don't understand the energy to lead a house. Mm -hmm. They don't understand the energy of problem solving because they have no one to turn to that can give them the nurturing side because mother has to be the man and the, the, the mom. They have to, like my man said, suppress their emotions. They become emotionally stunted and they become a person, a man that's not fit in order to produce another black family. Right. And this happens every single day. And we never want to actually put any blame on what's happening. And we never want to put any blame on the black mother. Because in our society, the black mother is beyond reproach. You can't never talk about a black woman or a black mother because she's the one that raised you. Now, bear in mind, we are speaking more so as the black woman. I know we're going to hear the decision, but that's most of the end with... Truth be told that, yeah, that is a lot more than just a black woman. But it, we're dealing in but our what own we're culture. Dealing with. But yeah. we're dealing with in our in culture, our culture. In our culture, with our skin color. Mm-hmm. This is that's a lot to do with the black woman. Yeah. So, and like I said, this is what drives a lot of people in situations where they can't, where even, I guess in some way, shape, not even in some way, shape, or you can definitely see it, where status lines get blurred. Gender roles start to come into play. Right. So we have to start looking at is where's the nurturing in this? There's no nurturing in this. Because to be quite honest with you, like I said at the beginning, and I'll just keep it like this. I'm going to keep it 100. The women being raised like men and the men are being raised like women. Mm-hmm. Okay. I and, I and like I said, I'm not just speaking this to speak this. I can give you the statistics, but I'm just speaking this from the heart. I've been through it. He's been through it. We've all been through it that's been in this situation. I had to fight tooth and nail for myself to not be coddled because I understood at an early age what coddling me would do. It will not allow me to go out in this world and try to fend for myself, mm-hmm. go out in this world and try to get it. And when I become a man and I start making my own babies, it will not allow me to have the energy, the motivation, the inspiration to try to now provide for two other people, which is the woman I made the child with and the child itself. So if you're raised in this situation, the strong black mother thing got to die. It has to die. Strong, independent black mother, that has to die. That is causing a lot of dysfunction inside of the black community. And we don't want to shed light because we don't want to hurt the feelings of the people that raised us. I had to get to, I'll tell you a little personal story, okay? There was a situation, I think it happened a little bit long, a little bit over a year ago. Actually, it took place last summer. Um, My mother and my younger brother got into a little bit of a rift and... It hurt him that he got into that rift. And my mother contacted me 
and basically talked to me about what was going on in the situation. She said, I guess you, and she asked me the question, I guess you assume that I'm pretty much, between the both of y'all, that I'm pretty much a bad mother. And I told her, no, mom, I do not at all think you're a bad mother. However, if you want me to sit here and say that you did an, an awesome job at raising us, I can't possibly tell you that. Because I do feel that there are some things you could have definitely done better. And I'm not saying that, and for me to say you could have, I know there's some things you couldn't help, which I obviously know there's some things you couldn't help. But I feel like there was a lot of things you could have done that you didn't try to do. Because of those things that you didn't try to do, you kind of forced us into this narrative where now we can't depend on you. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll even be real about you on so at this point in time, even to this day, I can't depend. Can't depend on her. I love her to death. Can't depend on her. Right. I, I love her with all my life. I've trusted if my life was on the line, she would do whatever it takes to save it. That's that's always that's always that's a motherly that. instinct. You don't ever have to state you that. You have to state that. Well, but I have to feel that just to make sure clarity. But there are sometimes if I'm in a bind where I know if I can get myself out and I but I kind of need a little assistance. I can't call upon her. Mm-hmm. If there's a situation I need guidance on, I can't call upon her for that. Right. Because I've been raised and nurtured into this mindset, into this mentality that either she's not going to have the answers for it, or if it wasn't divulged in private, it will be public. Yes. So in other words, I don't really can't get the answers from her. Or it's always going to be met with a lot of control. Let, or my issue is going to be met with a lot of criticism or just you grown man suck it up and get over it how can I be a grown man if I wasn't raised into being a grown man you apparently and then the whole thing and then one thing that really upset me when she said it and it's me, a little, me doing a little unpacking here mm-hmm. um, she said I did your younger brother I raised your younger brother almost the same way as I raised you and look where y'all Look where y'all at now. And I asked the question, you think that's a good thing? Why is it that we don't have that much contact with you? And then just silence came for a second. Because at that point, you know, when you put those chips on the table, there's this shit to get out the pot, this accountability that has to happen at that point. What I wanted to stress to her at that moment, and I wish I like stress to my women, I mean, stop sitting here and thinking. That's one thing, there's one narrative that needs to die. Stop thinking that because you did your part to raise a child, that the child suddenly owes you because you raised him. Because two things happen in this world. One, they didn't have a decision when they came in this world. Mm-hmm. And two, you didn't have, you had no choice but to raise them because that was your job. That's a thankless job at times, but you have to do it because guess what? It's not like we had that choice. As a child, as a child of an adult, we're thankful that we're in this world, but we didn't make that choice. So it's kind of like it's kind of like it's a you're kind of obliging us to have to be respected. You know what? Somebody said something. I can't see the name, but they made a hell of a point. They said that strong black women create baby daddies. Oh, that was Evo. That Is was that Evo. Evo? That was Evo. You don't. Okay. Yes, Evo. That's a hell of a point. Strong black women 
create baby daddies. Do you understand what that means? Okay. Now I know black women. The 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 the, the fire is hot right now. The, the the feet and the ankles is burning right now. I understand that. And I understand that you can become uncomfortable with this type of rhetoric that we're talking about because it seems like we're bashing. But what you have to understand, if you got two people, if one's accountable, the other one has to be accountable too in order for you to heal. So if one is not going to be accountable, it's always going to be a rift in the system. It may involve you crying. It may involve you breaking down. But you have to understand that coming from two black men that was raised in this situation mm-hmm. that understand both sides of the spectrum, mm-hmm. we are objectively and subjectively, because we've been through it, telling you what it needs and what's the problem going on with the black family. And let's stop. Okay, I'm sorry to cut it off. But like, let's. I'm not. We're not. Let's not even be PC about this. We're telling you this because we've gone through this. We've been through this. You don't think for a second that more black men aren't going through the same thing? All the time. We're the, more black men are going through the same thing. Y'all have, there are women in this culture now that have dealt with black men who are unruly, who are selfish, who are untrustworthy. Toxic femininity. T- who are always women bashing. Toxic femininity. Who disrespect women. Toxic femininity. Who treat women like lower to dirt. Toxic Objectify them. Toxic femininity. All that and then some. And you kind of wonder and you said, oh, I didn't raise... It's like, you know what? Who raised you Negroes? Mm-hmm. You always get that one and say, who raised you Negroes? You did. You raised us Negroes into what we have become. Men that don't have the tools in order to take care of a family. Now, what you might say, well, you're a grown man. You should be able to do it on your own. And this is one of the other things, one of the other aspects I have. How can we be raised by you, be told to abide by what you say Mm -hmm. until the age of 18 or 21 or however it is, and when we find out by going through life that what you've told us is not accurate, it's not true, and it's causing a lot of financial problems and relationship problems. Mm-hmm. Once we find that out and we look back at the people that raised us and they're looking at us like, well, shit, you made the decision yourself. How are we supposed to trust you as parents in order to raise us if we're going to, you're going to wait till we're 21 and when everything hits the fan, tell us that we should have did it our own damn selves. In that case, should there even be a situation where you should be listening to the black mother? Because this happens all the time. I'll tell you a good example. I went to the University of Minnesota. I wanted to go to a, a local school. But because my family wanted the glitz and glamour of saying I went to a Big Ten university playing football, all that bull. They sent me to the University of Minnesota, and I literally didn't have a choice because it was the family pressure, and at this time, I'm only 17. When they realize I'm paying $36,000 a a year, when they realize that I would not be able to pay back them student loans because it accumulated over $100,000, do you know what they told me? Well, you could have made the decision to leave yourself. That's what they told me. So $100,000 in debt, listening to my parents, listening to my grandmother and my mother, because what tends to happen in a strong black woman household, whatever man is in there, 
he ain't got no say so. It, it happens like that. You know it. I know it. You know the man is basically sitting down to the side, not really giving his opinion, trying to get in where he fit in so he don't get yelled at. Now, a lot of y'all know if y'all been raised in that type of dynamic. Mm. That's what happens. Now, listening to the people that got me in this situation basically turn their backs on me and tell me, well, you should have did it yourself. You have got to stop putting people in bad situations for the rest of their life and not being accountable. And being accountable means helping them to dig themselves out of the situation that you guided them in. Right. You can't pull, you can't jump ship and say that you are a man now when I put you in three buckets worth of shit. And now you only got a spoon to scoop your way out of. Do you know how reckless that is? Do you know the resentment, the bitterness, the tension that that causes not only the family, but on the next black woman he gets with? The untrustworthiness that that causes. And then you wonder why the black family is not productive. It's because they have been led astray from the age of 1 to 18, didn't even know it. And by the time it was too late, nobody would take accountability that they raised them. And it tends to happen in that black mother, black grandma dynamic. And it's real. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give this one thing. And I'm going to still do this. I'm going to have to start calling out a little bit of the black men who are fathers. Y'all got to understand that no matter what the situation is with going on between you and that woman who you bear the child with, that's still your child. Man the fuck up and take care of your responsibility. It don't matter. Here's the thing. I got to give you pushback on that. Here's the thing. I know you say you're going to give me pushback, but let me go right there. Let me switch up, but here's the thing why I'm saying this. It's because I understand. Discuss this. I understand that there's a lot of of issue with dealing with the opposite sex. I understand there's a lot of issue with a lot of black men. But the problem is that with most black men, we have a tendency to kind of let that slide a little bit too much. I know, and that's mostly because, as you say, we're raised in a household where we are predominated by black women. Case in point, myself. At some point, you have to stop. 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 That natural instinct that it takes for you to be a man in your household, be, leave, feed off that. Sometimes you gotta just kind of be like, look, I gotta do what I gotta do and be that man. Whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. As men, you got to take that stand and be like, my baby or mama, I'm sorry. I love you. Okay, well, fuck what you think. I'm doing this for me because you can't do it for me. That's what I'm saying. Sometimes, in lack of a better word, the most vain way of saying it, sometimes you got to put your balls on the table. Ah. Right there. You got to put your balls on the table and do what the fuck you got to do. Yeah. Because guess what? That's how, that's what being a man is. Even if you gotta make a mistake and fuck up. Do or die by that fucking mistake, but you was a man and you made it. Now the only pushback that I'm gonna give you, being a man in that situation, I had a thousand percent intentions of raising my child in a two-parent household. But I'm gonna tell you, there is a situation where 
as and as I stated uh, earlier, the woman, because of reasons, maybe dealing with emotional issues, dealing with hurt, dealing with bitterness, dealing with pain, dealing with the uh, hormonal imbalance of having a child, whatever the issues, there is an issue of the woman creating an environment that's so toxic, so so insidious, so fucked up that it will literally push the man out. One thing you got to understand, when you have a baby, it's not only you and that wife having a baby, it's you, that girlfriend or that wife in the state. And you know what that state represents? A masculine force. And you know what that masculine force got? It got judges. It got lawyers. It got police and it got people that are doing everything they can to create a dynamic that will get that woman to understand that she has the leverage. So one thing that we fail to do, we always use that platitude of men, you got to step the fuck up. But a lot of times the environment that we in are is created in a sense where. Even if you want to step up, this woman got the police on her side. She got the judge on her side. She got child support on her side. You could come right now and say, hey, man, I want my son. And I've talked to many, you know, when I was in relationships and stuff, I've talked to women and say, I need, I want to go and get my son right now. They create an environment where even if you want to go and step up and put your balls on the table, you know that you will get castrated from them nuts. If you step up, try to go and get your son because the one thing she'll use is use that masculine force, which is the police system. And it happens every single day. So what we're not talking about is the fact that there are a lot of deadbeat fathers that aren't truly deadbeats. But because of the system that we live in, and I hate saying that, but because of how they stacked it and the black woman or the one, and we only talk about our culture, has bought into it. It is literally used against us. And the black deadbeat father and the black father that want to be good but turns into a deadbeat all get thrown in the same fray. And what we need to understand is there has to be something done about that. Because how many of y'all watching right now are fathers that really want to be in your children's lives? But the only way that you can be in your children's lives is if you send money, not talk to your children, not Contact an hour long uh, visitation right or whatever it is that basically emasculates you as a man. That's the only way and the only choice that they give you. How right. I many of y'all in that situation? Real quick, all right, before we go, but you know what? I'm sorry, I didn't understand what you're saying, but I'm gonna have to steal a page out of your book when I'm just about to do this right now. Just do it, be a man. Just <laughs> no. You are a Still, man. Uh, no, no. You are a man. Be you are a man. Be, 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 be a man. Put your balls on the table. All right, get them cut off. But yeah, hey, listen, be a man. Listen. Goodbye to that mistake. Whatever. You Live what? by it. We got a lot of different aspects to this conversation. But one thing that I'm really grateful that we did, I'm grateful that we came to all dynamics. I'm grateful that we tackled this because this is actually a sensitive subject in the yeah. black community. Um... We appreciate y'all for tuning in. You know, this was this was a longer one. But uh we I was watching you. on our regular ones. We finally made it oh, past. We haven't done yeah, we a full sixty in a while. So, you know. You know, like we always say, man, some things that we say you're gonna disagree with, some yeah. things we say you're gonna agree with. But the yeah. one thing we try to do is learn from each other. Yeah. Because we all have different aspects, different opinions, but they're all valid at the end of the day. 
I'm your host, Dante Chase Bridges. I'm your host, Stephen C.P. Watson. And this has been another episode of the Brothers Podcast. And we will see you next week. Peace. Blowing up the deuces, as always. And I was right, nigga. No, you weren't. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brothers Podcast. Please give a round of applause for yourselves. Because in a world full of haters, you can only regret it. It is your host, your boy, Stephen C.P. Watson. As always, back online with my partner in crime. Dante Chase Bridges, a.k.a. Dante Chase Bridges, never needed an a.k.a. It's together that will make us... Goddamn brothers. All right. Yes, once again, we back at it on the Thursday. We back on key. We back on schedule. Sun is coming out here, Chicago, finally. And we back on point. With we are always back on point. We are about to break into summer, officially. We about to get in the door, like Fr- today. Yeah, Friday. Actually, tomorrow. Tomorrow's gonna be official start of summer. Kids are out of school. Niggas gonna act wildin'. Please be safe out there. Chicago. Summertime raining first day. Yeah, this is it's not cold. You know how it is. Still Chicago. It is still Chicago for some weird weird ass weather reason. But we're about to get a slapper of a topic. Yeah, I stole one of your lines. That's right. We got a slapper of a topic, and we're gonna have to come into. Yeah, it's copyright now. I'm standing. All right, man. All right. <laughs> we, we, that you my homie shit. Yeah, I'm just saying, man. I'm, I'm trying to kind of keep focused, man. Right. Look, okay, so <laughs> we got to stop up a topic and we're going to try to, you know, dive deep into this subject as plaguing men. Yes, yes, yes. This is something that we need to address about ourselves. Yes, 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 yes. But first, we got a little something called Town Hall Business. Mr. Bridges, what you got? First of all, I would like to give a shout out to all our affiliates. Mm-hmm. Shout out to WIAN in Memphis, Tennessee. Did I say Memphis, Tennessee? Tennessee. Syndicated. You can catch the brothers there. Mm-hmm. Also, you can catch us on all your platforms, whether that be iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes iPad, iNotes, it don't matter, man. Only <laughs> thing that we are is a Google iNotes. away. You can be on the iPad and catch the brothers right now. I know those iNotes. I ain't iNotes, man. Even some shit they ain't never came out with. Okay. So if you like what we're doing, you know what you got to do. Hit that like button. You love it, go on and tell your mom and them. And if you really love it, man, just shout out and support the brothers. Because we couldn't be none without y'all. You got something for them, bro? As always, shout out our partners in the podcast platform. Shout out to none other than our young lion, Ryan Watkins, at my mama's table. The new episode dropping. You remember, he just got picked up by our heart radio, so be right, sure to catch right. out. Shout out to a boy, Reggie Price. I could be wrong, but I doubt, I doubt it. it. His jaw still wired shut, apparently, for some reason. Mm. <laughs> also, shout out to all the viewers out there. Yeah, tuning in every week. We love y'all. Appreciate. You know what? I got two more special shout outs. Shout yes, out sir. to our homegirl, Sky Miller, who if you saw her radio show early. What's up, Sky? Be sure to keep a lookout for her on every Wednesday. And also, shout out to our good brother in arms, Troy Simpson. That man is killing it. Show this, man. And if you ever go and look at the Weirdo League, man, go and look at the, the just the cinematography he's doing these videos with, man. Man, the cinematography, the footwork, it is going bananas. He's taking this footwork game to the next level. Be sure to look yes. out for him. You're going to hear from him soon. Mm-hmm. So that's all we got for the town hall business. I ain't got nothing, man. You got something? We're going to go real quick into what's really good out here in the streets. What's now, going on, man? Yeah, so if you hate, you haven't noticed, 
It's a little bit of a debate going on about a certain new rapper from the league called Megan Thee Stallion. Megan Thee Stallion. Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah, for the freaks. Yeah, you know why it's a debate? Because apparently people don't understand exactly what the origin of her name is because apparently people don't understand the name Stallion has to do with a male horse. Wait a minute. Um, yeah. Before we get into this topic, okay. um, is, is this going to be like... I like because I'm like kind of scared. I don't really want to (laughs) go where because I wasn't informed about that. I don't I don't want to go somewhere. Look, I'm just saying that it is it's starting to erase those questions. This better be strictly coincidental. We're hoping that it's coincidental because no one really knows exactly. So that's the Internet argument because. Oh, Megan Stallion. Maybe she doesn't know what the stallion meant. Not this or does shit she? again. Not this again, bro. Or does she? I'm going to adjust my damn hat on that. First, it look. was the movie Moonlight. Uh-huh. Then it was this shit Black Mirror on Netflix. I haven't yeah. even seen Black Mirror yet. Don't watch it. Don't watch we it. You on here look like some two milk duds right now. It's a cluster. No, it's bald head scallywag season. Oh, yeah. Bald head scallywag season. The t-shirt is coming out soon. <laughs> And yeah. also, man, I just I can't take it if 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 this is really a stallion out here in this game. Oh, I don't think no. I'll be able to take it, man. It's better than that culture clash of people city girls fans are having right now. Yes, it is. Well, apparently everybody talking about so oh we about to have bad bitch season. One's pregnant, the other one's in jail. So our commander in chief has been knocked up. Bad bitch season has been canceled. Sorry. Come back next year. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> And of course, the other bit of business is that we know the NBA draft is going on. And I, for me personally, I like to give a shout out to your phone, first of all. Yes. Shout out to the phone for going off. And secondly, oh, shout out to there. all my people out there that's been tagging me on the updates and the trades and the drafts. I understand it's about to be heated. It's draft night. I'm ready. I know y'all ready, but got to get the show out the way first. So please hold your tags, mm-hmm. hold your messages. Hold the reports until this show is over, please. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Don't tell me nothing. I'll find out later. Cam my man, Reddish. my man's got a flight to catch. He got to get up out of here a little bit. So we're gonna. Yeah, do- I gotta be out of here. So we're gonna get right straight into it. Just because of that, let's segue into our topic. And what's that? We got a topic that is really gripping us as black men in general. All right. It's called toxic femininity. In black men. Damn, I'm cold. I'm cold as hell for that. Okay. We cold for that. That's his idea. So, because the thing is, is that it's now becoming more so. It's a conflict. You know what? A good friend of ours, like one of our pockets, really, it's Reggie Price, actually right. brought this up, sort of, but kind of got real direct with it. What do you say? He asked on our posts that I didn't really think got a lot of traction, but we're going to address it here. <laughs> is there a, an attack? On straight male masculinity. Is there an attack on straight Is male masculinity? Is there an attack on straight male attack masculinity? Attack on straight male masculinity. Yes, an attack. So this kind of would correlate into what we're talking about because this will kind of be a layer that we're going to discuss. You think it's an attack on straight male masculinity before we pop off in this? I believe there's an attack on everything that has to do with being a man. Oh, okay. Basically. Because, but especially in black men, we've been attacked about being men in our whole lives almost, haven't we? We've been attacked to not be men our whole lives. Yeah. But let's we'll come expand on that a little bit later. But let's get to the preliminaries real quick. Mm-hmm. For for stars, Mr. Bridges, what do you consider is toxic femininity in black men? What is 
Like, what is, especially, what is toxic femininity to black people? Well, toxic femininity to black people, if you just put it on his head, is when you had a dynamic of man and woman that be basically uplifted and just separated by this feministic movement by giving women the super role, giving them all the power and giving them a disadvantage of being in a family, but an advantage of climbing their career by themselves, which doesn't bleed into the family fucks up the whole family dynamic of the black community. Okay. Now, toxic femininity in these black folk, mm. aka black men, specific. deals with one thing and one thing only. A man, nine times out of ten, being raised by a single mother or single women with not too many masculine, pure masculine presence to balance his emotions balance his mentality and balance the way he moves through life as a man. That's what it is, brother. So it's a, it's a, basically it's an imbalance. So a lot it's of straight people, imbalance. So basically it's a lot more of a more of a feminine trait inside the masculinity of black men. But see, that's where it gets a little choppy because when you say a feminine trait first thing you think about is a man like this. Uh-huh. You know, you think about a man that got family affects. He walks around, you know, strutting and stuff like that. But when we talk about feminine characteristics, we're talking about more of the divine feminine. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a person that cannot control his emotions. Right. When he get into an altercation, he's quick to pop off to show that he's truly a man. But in the inside, he knows he lacks everything that it takes to become a man. Because he can't control his emotions enough to be, to respond accurately as a man. And you know what society has done? What's that? They've made you feel. They gave you the okie doke. They made you feel that a man with a lot of bravado, the man that's quick to fight, the man that's quick to always get into confrontation, is actually the manly man. But when you really think about masculinity and what it really is by the definition, that's really the bitch. That's really the coward. That's really the person that can't control his emotions and is more in tune with his feminine side than he is with his actually masculine energy. And you know how they masquerade it? They let you know. They they masquerade by telling you, it's okay for you to express your true emotions. They teach you that, but they don't teach you how to control those true emotions, how to properly express them, how to not bottle them up inside. Right. That's how they usually tell you, say it's okay for you to be sensitive and cry and be upset, but they're not really teaching you how to channel it no. in a sense. So they're just letting you say, hey, express yourself, even though you don't know how to truly do it correctly. Never, never do. No. Let me ask you a question, man. What you think a toxic feminine black man is? Just in your, your words. Man. A toxic feminine black man is a man... Well, basically what I just described was a man would have no ability to express himself. A toxic feminine black man is everything that what of not being an actual man isn't. Okay. So if you have to say, hey, are we going to create this line? You don't behave as much as a man as you should. You know what I feel a toxic feminine black man what? is? What's up? Toxic feminine black man is 80% of the men who don't do well in relationships. A toxic feminine man is 80% of the baby fathers that really don't want to be a part of their child's life because they 
act like they have something else to do, but really lack the emotional stability it takes to have a family. Mm, okay, okay. A toxic black man is someone that can't control his emotions, like we said, but not only for himself, but he can't control his emotions when dealing with another person because what he doesn't want to admit that on the inside, he is emotionally as fragile as a piece of porcelain and he cannot deal with somebody that has emotions such as a feminine woman. Now here's the thing. Now I think there was an idea that popped in some people that might have popped into some of our viewers' heads well, that I think they thought I was gonna end up saying was toxic feminine is basically saying being a gay man. That has nothing to do with toxic feminine. No. Because no. what we're talking about and what you gotta go and just look up on your own, it's a difference between being feminine and the divine feminine. The divine feminine is not about some dude acting like a man. First of all, divine feminine is about nurture. Mm -hmm. It's about care. It's about being intuitive. It's about being in touch with your emotions. It's about helping. That's what the divine feminine is. Divine masculine, on the other hand, is about rationality. It's about logic. It's about control. It's about being wise. Okay? Yeah. Divine masculine, divine feminine. Mm -hmm. When we get into the situation that the black community, especially the black men are in, we all know because of, first of all, 70% divorce rate in the black community, which means that majority of them are raised by their mothers, we already know that just that alone, mm -hmm. there is an imbalance because these black men are being raised by single black mothers. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so I hate to tell y'all if you put that in a situation Your mother could have the best intentions in the world for your life But it's not about her intentions. It's about her energy if she is a woman She can only give the perspective of a woman to you mm -hmm. Whether that be a perspective of what she thinks a man is which always turns out to be something that's not real in real life or the perspective of her feminine emotions She don't have to tell you. Hey, I don't I want you doing this But if you see that every single day and every single time she handles her emotions when she get mad at you You're going to start to mimic it Yeah, and you're just going to mimic it in a masculine way. You might not do this But you might do this and you can't talk to a nigga because you can't control who you are because you've seen countless amount of times your aunties, your grandmas, and your mamas handle their emotions in that way. You're only a victim of your environment. Or also, you also see your mamas and your grandmas and aunties teach you to suppress that energy, suppress right. those emotions, because technically you're not supposed to raise your emotions up and act undisciplined, especially in front of a black woman. Right. Because that's basically almost like the... In a way, the back-breaking mantra. You know what my friend is trying to say without saying, and I'll just say it for him. Go ahead. Uh, you can't raise your emotions because then you will be considered a bitch. That's what... I tried to clean it up a little bit. You tried bit. to clean it up. Let's, let's keep it real. A lot of times we get in relationships or we're just dealing with our, our mothers and uh, the, the women of, of our lives. And it hits a point that a woman looks at you and either feels or say that you're behaving in a very feline or female dogish type way. Yeah. It happens. And what they don't understand they're saying is you are behaving like the women that raised you. Mm. You're just a masculine version of it. Okay, so that brings us to a question that I have to ask. What's that, Padre? Are men with toxic femininity 
more aggressive because they are mentally or emotionally unstable mm-hmm. or undisciplined. Right. Is that the reason why? I would say it like this. Um, you ever dealt with, you ever been in a situation, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you was chilling and somebody walked up on you. He was bigger than you, stronger than you, knew it. Mm-hmm. You had two options. Either you can run away or you're going to fight, right? Right. But because you know he's so bigger and badder than you, you don't think before you fight. You just react right. because you're scared. Right. That's what tends to happen when you're talking about men acting aggressive and they know that they got toxic femininity inside of their body. Because a man that's in tune with his masculinity is controlled. He knows that if the situation goes down, he'll be able to defend himself. So he doesn't have to run into it like, well, if something happened, first thing I'm going to do is use these doorknobs on a nigga. No. He's able to survey the situation. He's able to look around and see if there's a reasonable understanding we can come to. And then if it go down, he can get aggressive. But a man that is possessing this toxic femininity can't control that and gets more aggressive because, I hate to say it, he's hiding the inner bitch inside of him. Okay? And everybody's got that little bit of an inner bitch stuff, especially nowadays in today's right. culture. Especially when you've been raised by single mothers your entire life. And you might have had satellite men hovering around you, whether that be uncles or stepfathers, or maybe even your father. But it was a satellite. The internal energy was given from your mama, your grandma, your aunties, and your sisters. Mm-hmm. So basically, you were raised in a culture of women in your household. Yes. So... You have no stability to try to learn and be strong because that male dominance in that household is supposed to teach you to be strong. Right. To be secure. Mm-hmm. To be able to project yourself emotionally from a wiser man. From a wiser perspective. Yeah, right. from a wiser perspective. Right, right. Yes, women are definitely are wiser. But the problem is, is that there always needs to be a balance. With the balance, there's no balance in the household, there's no balance in the upbringing. There's no mm-hmm. balance in the upbringing, you become raised unbalanced. Unbalanced. And, and what happens when you become raised unbalanced for the black man? You become lore unbalanced growing up in life. And you, can't, you can't talk to women correctly. No. You may not be able to handle business correctly. No. You may not be able to control certain things around you correctly. No. You just become a, a wreck. And the cold part about this whole situation of you not being able to do those things he just mentioned is mm-hmm. you hide it with a whole lot of bravado. Yeah. With a whole lot of chest poking out, posturing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Reacting over the simplest thing because you know that inside you just are not man enough. You haven't been given the tools to handle real life. Yeah. So all that stuff he just said, you mask it and then you let people think that that's actual masculinity. Yeah. And then you let people basically prostitute you by putting you in rap videos, putting you on TV, social media to project to our younger youth that this is actually what masculinity really is. Yeah. The baby. Little baby, Bootsy, all you niggas that are basically making women seem like they're second class citizens, pouring liquor on their butt cheeks, 
disrespecting women for everybody to see, getting in the fights, world star hip hop, all that shit. You making the whole world, especially these people that's looking at American black men, mm -hmm. you making them think that this is our definition of black masculinity. You haven't came out the bag and told them, listen, the reason why I do this is because I don't know what it truly means to be a man because I've never seen a man do what it was to be a man. So I'm gonna ask you this, because of what you just said. Under your own personal, now let's not go into the scientific, but under your right, own right. personal opinion, can a do you believe can a black man be raised by a single mother and handle a healthy relationship? You know what? That that's that's like a two twofold question because this is the thing. Uh, most people are going to take offense because they think that you just we just bagging on single mothers. Right. They feel that if a woman, by maybe the choice of not hers, mm -hmm. has to raise a black man, and that means that just by default he's not going to be able to have a family. He's but not the, able to, you know. But, but here's the truth: is is unfortunate. Like we said in the last episode, about sixty to seventy percent of the black household is raised with single mothers right. raising children, whether that be men or women. So it's kind of like, it's not because we're bashing single mothers. This is the narrative of the black family. Let's not, let's keep it real. Let's keep it a buck. Honey. Most of us have been raised by single mothers. Mm -hmm. We have been raised by single mothers. So we would know this. I bet damn near everybody that's in the messenger right now has been raised by single mothers. Except for probably one. Maybe I know one, one has Maybe one. One. Okay. But others, yeah. Mm -hmm. So what that means is we're speaking from experience. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so I just want you to repeat that question one more time because I want to hit it on the head. One que the question is, can a black man who was raised by a single mother handle being in a healthy relationship? It is not likely that a black man that's raised only by a single mother is going to be able to handle being in a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, what dynamic did he learn he's supposed to play in that relationship? Go ahead and break it down. How is he supposed to relate to a woman when the only way he's been raised and he knows how to imitate is the emotionality of a woman? If a woman comes in and she needs somebody to be there, be strong for, or like how women say, I need a man. I need somebody. Well, Evo says, yeah, he thinks this is possible. Listen, it's possible, to up, drive a, it's possible to drive a car with your feet, but that don't mean that it's a good or ideal situation to do, okay? It's possible to do a lot of things. You can cook tinfoil in a microwave. But you might burn your goddamn house down. Yeah, you so it's a lot of things that's possible to do. But is it a good job? Will it harvest the best benefits or the best results? And if you are being raised as a man, and one of your things as a man is to be masculine when you meet a woman so y'all can balance each other. Because uh -huh. this ain't opinion. No. This is divine balance. So if you need what it takes to become a man and you need role models that's male to give you the energy so you can balance out the femininity that she was raised with, how in the hell can you only be raised with feminine energy and come into a situation and balance a whole family with your feminine energy ass? Yo, that beat was dope. Did you just hear that beat? Yeah, I just heard it. That beat was kind of, kind of caught me for a second. And like. then it had us, it was provoking. Yeah, it, was it got a little more yeah. <laughs> I also bought a big other pack. Remember back in the day we used to put chip bags in the microwave to shrink them and make them as keychains? 
No, I don't remember that ghetto shit. What are you talking about? I guess that was a West Side thing, huh? Yes, it's a West Side thing. Okay, I was you born are not West... on the West Side anymore. I was born and raised in <laughs> the West Side. I'm sorry. He All just right, my bad. On the head. My bad. Okay. He, even Rosalind ain't like that. <laughs> Cicero, Chicago Avenue, all at West Pullman, all that. All right, what up? But besides that, man, mm. how in the hell are you going to balance an entire family? Because that means not only... She said she just did it. No, oh, real quick, sorry. She said she said, yep, I did that. See? Keisha, get off the, the See, damn did it? thing. <laughs> Go ahead. Don't be, don't be, uh... Fueling this dude's fire. Because it's happened. People in the Don't hood put did the backpack in his. People did. Listen. Y'all make keychains out of plastic yes, bags? Yes. Way oh behind Doritos, Cool Ranch, or Nacho Cheese. We didn't fuck with the other shit. Um, Lays, you put it in the microwave for about five, ten seconds. They shrunk. You took them out. You put them in a the keychain. Boom! Keychains. Y'all niggas didn't have arts in class. Y'all didn't have like. Pictures. That's probably where we learned it from. Y'all learned this in school. Probably. And this is why we are going to shit as America. How dare you? Because we learning how to make flaming hot bags out of keychains. You got residue nacho cheese chip sauce inside I mean, of your goddamn cheese. You gotta admit that's kind of ingenious. I cannot believe that we have just did this. I've never done it, but I've seen my cousins do it. I can't believe this. I, I would have done it. Yes, too. Yes, because it's true. It is possible. Could we get back on the subject? Go ahead. This, is, this mean, is ridiculous. He just had a moment. Like, he didn't even say that was a possible thing. Like, it's a thing. Sorry. We did that back in the day. Y'all, oh my. Really? Yes. <laughs> I didn't know nothing about that. We mean why? Fuck you, we why? Because yes, we it's did. stupid. It's, we made keychains out of these bags. Oh my <laughs> God. That was, uh, y'all, just, y'all. That okay. was the trend. I don't give a fuck. I didn't know that y'all did that. Yes, we did that. Okay. I'm sorry, it's a West Side thing, apparently. It's a West Side. You South Side niggas don't know all about that shit. It's a West Side thing. We never had to go through that struggle, bro. What? Whatever. <laughs> it is a thing. Man, anyway, though, man. Just getting back all to right, the point. You, <laughs> you get raised by a single mother. <laughs> shit like this occurs. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, now you see what had to happen. Don't blame single that shit. You see what you end up like. Don't you dare bring single muscle to that shit. Cooking Dorito bags in a goddamn microwave. That has nothing to do with that shit. Instead of going out throwing a football. You see what we talking about here. Hey man, I never lost my keys. (laughs) (laughs) We never lost our keys. I won't give a shit. The point is, (laughs) you can't balance a family out if you are supposed to be the man. Mm-hmm. And you are bringing more femininity into the household than your woman is. Yes. Now, this is the thing, and I want to keep it a buck fifty, buck twenty, buck three hundred, buck all that shit. The reason why I want to keep it that is because this is not something that we just talking about. I know me personally, I have been through this because I was raised by a single mother. I was raised by my grandmother, and then all my uncles and stuff was all just satellite peripheral, just walking around. But because when you raised by strong feminine women, mm-hmm. They don't allow other people to tell you to do shit. No. Can't nobody tell them to do, can't nobody tell their baby to do nothing when you're raised by strong, independent women. That means you can't learn nothing from nobody else but them. Except them. And what I'm telling you is I have been, I don't want to call it a victim, but I have been a person that's been in the same situation. And growing up, realizing at 21, 18, when I went to college, 
I don't know how to be with women because I get more emotional than they do. Which brings us to a moment in your life when you're dealing with a woman. And if you don't know how to deal with them the correct way, you may hear that very ugly, nasty, demoralizing word. I'm pregnant. What? Okay. Uh, um, just rejecting. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay, but anyway, the point is, <laughs> you might hear that word called a bitch. Yes. And that could be the most damaging thing a man can ever hear. So the question now is, what would cause a woman to call a man a bitch? You know what I really thought about that man? Please tell because like women just couldn't take that word and fly off the right the the whims with that shit. And I actually want to ask the ladies as I say this. Mm-hmm. I believe one of the reasons why a woman calls a man a bitch when she's you know dealing with him is because she senses before her mind can actually really pick it up the actual feminine tendencies in him Mm -hmm. and she can see that he's trying to cover it up but she sees this and maybe she don't see it she just feels it Mm -hmm. and it inclines her to literally point out and it ain't always in a good way ladies but it points it inclines her to points out the fact that your emotional manner is more closer than mine than it is closer to what's between your legs which is manliness and I believe on an unconscious level, she calls him a bitch because she sees her tendencies inside of him. She just don't know how to articulate. Because you're being raised in a household where when the woman is the dominant head of the household and only her, because mm-hmm. we always establish that women are mostly the heads of the household when the household is getting run. Right. But if they're the only person running the household, yeah, that woman is going to see a feminine trait in a man because that's how she was raised. Right. She was raised to know this, raised to know that. And a man is equal to her, the one supposed to be loved, the one supposed to be like, I want to mess around with this guy who's doing the same thing I'm doing. That's, that's, they're going to get to that point. And then you actually think about like how society, the government, and, and just this America is setting up men, especially black men. You know, the, the amount of women that's in college, black women, far outseas black men and any other race in the United States. You look about corporate office, corporate structure, CEOs, COOs are more black women than black men by a long shot. So, you look at the opportunity that's been given to black women, and when I say opportunity, I mean that loosely, because it ain't an opportunity. It's just another creative way to imbalance the black community by making the woman the breadwinner and making the man not have any type of role inside of the house. And what happens when a man ain't wanted or feels like he doesn't have nothing to provide? Walks away. He walks away. And this is something that's happening inside of just the black dynamic. It, it's, it's happening. I, I see it all the time, man. You know, it, 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 it's unfortunate that it's happening like that. And it's imbalancing us, and it's also causing women to look at us. Because I don't care what you say. I'm going by divine feminine and divine masculine principles. Right. If, you're, if you're a woman and you make more money than your man, 
if you can handle responsibilities better than your man, if you're able to organize and budget better than your man, if you feel that overall when there's a problem that has to be handled, you're able to handle it better than your man. And not to mention that you don't necessarily in this day and age need a man because you have the police force, you have weapons, you have stun guns, and you have everything that can neutralize somebody coming in your house or just overall trying to attack you that that man was supposed to protect you from. So when you give a woman all of these tools, how can she not look at another man and say, you know, I don't know if you're a bitch or not. What? I don't know if you're a bitch or not, man, but all I know is my pants and my nuts and my pants is bigger than yours. (laughs) So... Almost by default, a lot of men are being put into the toxic feminine role, not by just the women that's raising them, but by the way that society is setting up our roles. And if you do want to be inside of a household, a lot of times you have to assume the role of the caretaker. Mm -hmm. You have to assume the role of the person that's not making the money in the house, not the breadwinner. Okay, so and that's more of a feminine role divine feminine not this shit that they be trying to push on tv but a divine feminine role so what's that bro i'm saying not that billy porter shit yeah not all that shit man ain't nobody wearing dresses at the met gala ball why every nigga at the met gala ball okay got to wear a dress or something for fashion or dress related or dress related for fashion i don't know okay I wouldn't do it. So we're getting it on both sides. We're getting it from social media. Mm-hmm. We're getting it from music influence. We're, and we're getting it from being raised in a household with mostly feminine energy. Let me take a minute to address that real quick. Since we're on the subject. Because I've noticed, I remember a lot of people questioning about why people have a problem with what you wear. We brought the subject up a while back. We had a whole episode about this, actually. The people tend to see how to have an issue with people who question what they're not we're insecure about it trust me we're not insecure about what he's wearing no we actually couldn't give a shit less not in a big scheme of things the issue we have is why are you considering what he's doing as a sense of masculinity or in an essence this attempt to redefine masculinity why are you trying so hard to redefine something that didn't need a redefinition in the first place? Yes. Unless you're trying to fitting something into somewhere that it doesn't need to be in. Like, for instance, I always ask a woman this question. You're okay with a man who's comfortable with himself and his masculinity to wear a dress. But would you be okay with your man Who's comfortable in messing with I'm okay with these other dudes out here, but that's just something that I don't like. If that is the case, then congratulations. You're a hypocrite. All the time. You're a hypocrite. I don't know not one woman that don't answer the question just like that. And you know good and damn well, you don't want your man walking around here wearing anything near what somebody like Bill Porter is wearing, and you begin to question that shit. Mm-hmm. Because guess what? You're now thinking that his masculinity is a little bit lower and his femininity might be a little bit higher. And that's where the imbalance comes in. Just be real. You don't want your man dressed like that. 
but now you see what we've been arguing about. Right. So go ahead, what are you saying? Now, we talked about all this. Sure did. We talked about all the issues that have been plaguing in the situation, but now, how can we fix this? How is men in our own culture, in our amongst ourselves, fix this? Some of the most complex questions has the most simplest answers. What is that? You have to get a masculine male to either mentor or be a father to the boy. We need more black mentors out there now. You have to put your hands on that boy's head, metaphorically speaking, mm-hmm. so that you can guide him into a balance. Mm-hmm. Now, the balance for him is to take on all the affects it takes to raise a family. Because, you know, one of the things, when you become a man, you're not only a man for yourself, but you're a man that's supposed to be able to provide for your family, okay? Mm-hmm. And a lot of us is behind the eight ball on that because we was brought up with single mothers or just in that single mother paradigm, whether it was an auntie or whatever, and we didn't learn that lesson of being able to provide for not only ourselves, but for others also. So you got people that's 36 that is still trying to learn the lessons from being 26. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about black men. So. We all know that this is what it is. So I just tell black women, be a little bit patient. If you got a man that understands that this is what is going on, he's trying to fix himself, you need to rock with that. Because it ain't too many people that have had that that upbringing like that that can just out the gate give you what you need as far as that balance. And the thing is, is that a lot of men have to work on themselves to a great degree. It's not an overnight fix. It's going to take time. Some men just simply aren't ready for that level of being the committed man to you because they don't know how to be a man themselves. So yeah, independence might be a thing. Yes, maybe you need to do some exploration. Maybe you need to do some Mm self-identification. Because at the end of the day, you need to be able to reprogram yourself. Yes, maybe you need to incorporate more of a masculine energy in their lives so they can understand that what they're doing may be right or wrong. And not every other weekend. No. Okay? And you know what the hell I'm saying when I say that. <laughs> you know what every other weekend, I'm, what I'm trying to tell you. It's not about that. Because the reason why he picked up on your feminine affect or your, just your feminine energy that made him toxic feminine mm-hmm. is because it's not what you told him to do. It's what he just saw. Mm-hmm. What he saw subconsciously picked up from you. So you need him to be around that masculine figure, whether it's father, brother, uncle, or just a mentor, as much as possible. So it's not about that man telling him something. It's just about him seeing how masculinity works with his own two eyes. Yeah, y'all might have to take a step back and chill let him be a man. And on that note, we about to get up out of here. We got to bounce. Because there's a lot that I got to catch a flight. Yeah, you got to catch a flight. You got to catch a draft. Got to catch a draft. And we've said everything we wanted to say, man. But you know what I'm saying? Uh, we appreciate y'all being out here, man. We appreciate all the support, man. Got anybody you want to shout out? Any any affiliates that we ain't picked up? We uh, pretty. I think we covered all our affiliates. Shout out again. Shout out to everybody that's tuned in this week. Shout out to our brothers on the platform. Shout out to everybody else that's just trying to make it in this world. Right. I have a special shout out. Shout out to the brothers clothing line that will be out in July. You ain't never even told me about this. 
I told you to post it and you did. I did post it, but I didn't get the I didn't get the full (laughs) fundamentals about it. I was like, what? The brothers clothing line is gonna consist of hats and shirts and hoodies. And it's gonna be a lot of creative artwork on them. And we just gonna keep hitting y'all in the head with every different venture we got going on. Cause that's what we do. We expand. We do things, man. I'm your host, Dante Chase Bridges. And there's another seed about to get plotted because your boy Steven C. P. Watson got something brewing. Oh, shit. Does he want to say it now? Does he not want to? No. You'll find out. You'll find out. Next. I'm your boy Steven City P. Watson. I already told you I would. And we will catch y'all next week. Peace. Peace.